This is Dreamer to Creator, the podcast, with your hostess, Gabriella Bruner. This podcast was created to share stories of real people who dream and create. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories are resilient. Their stories are real. This podcast was Gabriella's dream, and she wants you to know that her dreams are possible, and so are yours. Hello, creators. This is Gabriella Bruner of thenewfirm.co, and I am really excited about today's episode. We have the just brilliant Amy Noon Frederick, and she's amazing. I'm thinking back to we were, as we were talking as as we were getting settled in right before I hit record, and I was remembering to my 18 year old self or 19 year old self when I first met Amy back at Franklin and Marshall College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where she was two years ahead of me, and I became one of the new sisters at Chi Omega, and I just remember her energy and her class in particular and just loving them so much and everything that they taught me and everything that they shared. And so to be here, which is kind of scary, almost 20 years later, having a conversation with this really inspiring woman and somebody that I've been following on social media for several years now and and watching her career unfold and take these really fascinating twists and turns. And it really just is an honor for me to have Amy here. So why don't you say hi, Amy, to everybody? (laughs) Hi, Gabriella. I'm so, I'm honored to be here. I think that, wow, the introduction was amazing. And I just, I really see myself as a mom a wife and a small business owner and and I've done a lot in my short life but that's all I am. I mean, at the end of the day, I think you know, it's pretty simple um keeping my priorities straight, but I definitely everyone has a journey and some journeys, some people's journeys are just take a different different path and I think mine did a little bit, but it's just I'm honored to share my story and have a conversation with you. Ah, this sounds so great. I'm so excited. So for those of you who don't know Amy, Amy has had a career in nonprofit land. She's had a political career. Some of you may have seen her on national news this most recent election. And most recently, she is a, what is your title there? Master of Citizenship? Oh, so I'm Minister of Citizenry at Brewer Republic Mm -hmm. Beer Works. Oh, that's amazing. So you went from nonprofit, political career, brewmaster, basically, (laughs) or associated with a brewmaster. I actually, I am, so my partner is a female brewer and I'm a female brewery owner. I sell our beer. So I have taken my, all the skills that I've learned in my career in politics and everything that my parents have taught me and everything really, all the life lessons that I've learned along the way and have the best possible title, which I got to give myself, which is Minister of Citizenry. Brew Republic is a a craft brewery in Woodbridge, Virginia, and we are a new republic. We're for the people, by the people. We're kind of taking our political twist into beer. So we have a cabinet and our cabinet has a prime minister who happens to be my husband and various ministers who end up rounding out our cabinet and running our brewery and tap room. And it's a lot of fun. That is so cool. So I was reading on your website that this idea started maybe about 10 years ago, nine or 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, really, 
you know, I say life is a, about the journey, not the destination. And so in my life, it's going through careers and, and where I am today is a lot of, you know, you're in the right place at the right time. You listen, you learn a lot. And I grew up actually, my dad was in the beer business. And so as a kid, I tell the story that, you know, most young children for Halloween, um, you know, they dress up in normal outfits and, and there was a time where I was St. Paul girl at probably not an appropriate age. I learned how to put green dye into pegs to, for St. Patty's Day for the local fraternities, <laughs> also at that. a young age. And, and you know what? My room was filled with neons of, of a um, mad dog and all sorts of beer and my Spuds McKenzie light up dog, <laughs> which I had when I was, I had when I was in, middle school and high school, um, it sits in my office at the brewery now to really just show how uh, full circle life can become. I mean, as most of us think when we're growing up, we want to be anything but our parents, especially when you're younger and you then think you know everything. But right. <laughs> coming, coming, coming full circle, I now can't believe that I am in this position, but my dad was in beer sales. So he grew Yangling Brewery, which is a Pennsylvania beer. Um, he grew mm, it I love that to beer. become where it is today, expanded into Ohio and, you know, kind of led the charge to expand the footprint of the brewery, my late father. And it wasn't until he was dying that really I, I thought a lot about what legacy I was going to leave for my children and mm. leaving and leaving a legacy that he would be proud of. And I wanted to make sure that they never forgot who he was, not knowing that it would ever, it would ever come to me now selling beer. And my flagship is called Patriot 212 Lager and it's named after him. And so I get to go all over and sell beer and I get to see my dad's name on, in bars all over Virginia. And it's really, it's, it's pretty awesome. Oh my gosh. That, it just gives me so much, so many goosebumps because you're not the first guest who has shared with me how much their father or other parent, you know, father or mother has inspired mm -hmm. their journey. But it just, mm -hmm. it's so impactful how, as you were saying, that it's this full circle, right? We sort of rebel against all of this stuff that we're, you know, we, we see or we witness as children. And then somewhere along the line, we have these life experiences that kind of bring us back home per se. So if you could think of a, a lesson that your father taught you that you are now imparting either to your own children or to the world through this brewery, what would you think that be? Well, it's the 212 principle. I'm not sure if you are familiar with it, but I'm it's not. something that I preach every day. And I live by the principle. I, my staff lives by the principle. Our brewery lives by the principle. And my children also are being taught with eye rolls to live by the principle. So it's a very simple principle. At 211 degrees, water is hot. At 212 degrees, water is bo water boils. And with boiling water comes steam, enough steam to power a locomotive. So the difference between something that's very hot and something that produces steam is just one extra degree. And with that locomotive powering, I mean, you're going from something that's just mediocre to something that actually produces force and movement. And so Whatever you're doing in life, if you give it in your personal life, in your professional life, if you give everything, think about it, giving it the extra degree, it, it, you can move mountains. I mean, you can, you can change lives. You can, it, it separates you from everybody else and making you exceptional and everything you do exceptional, your personal life, being a mom. I mean, you can relate at times where you're just, mm -hmm. you're at your wits end. You, 
you're going to snap and you just think, okay, I, I need to, I need to give it a little bit more. I just want to lay down and have a glass. I just want to sit down and have a glass of wine when I get home, to be honest with you. But I have three little kids that they want to talk to mom and they want to talk my head right. off and, and you have to do it at that moment. And, and, and then with my staff and selling beer, I mean, we have, we call them citizens of the Republic, people that come into the bar, they have a choice. They're coming into my bar because they want to have a good time and they want to drink good beer and eat good food and hopefully have fellowship with other people around the bar. And they don't have to come to my bar because there's a lot of choices. So we, our agents and, and myself and the other owners, we just take everything. We want to, the citizens are first and we want to make them have the best experience and rarely say no. We try to accommodate, we try to cater. Now, we always won't align with somebody or, you know, our, our product and, and what people want might not always, we might not always be able to get there, but as much as we can, we possibly get there and we say yes. And so that the, the extra degree of the 212 principle, which again is on the beer that we named, it's called Patriot 212 Lager, 212 brewing it to the extra degree is something that I think that that's a legacy that my dad is given to me. That's his legacy really. And something that I'm continuing to carry on. And hopefully, whether it affects one person or it affects 500 people, it, it's worth it. You only have to affect one person to make change. So mm. yeah, that, that would be it. The extra degree. I love that. I had never heard of that before. And it just it is it just shows how a very small little choice can make the difference, like you said, between okay and amazing. And so when you find yourself in that 211th degree, when you find yourself in those moments when you know you need to get up that one degree to 212, what, what works for you? I mean, I feel like so many of us find ourselves in that situation, but then we don't know how to take that next step forward to go from good to great. So what has worked for you to get to that, you know, to live to this 212 principle? Well, I, I, in recent years, because I did witness a parent dying, it is, it's really to be able to be alive every day is a blessing and to be able to breathe, to put my feet on the floor in the morning. And there's a lot of challenges, but there's always somebody out there that has a challenge that's greater than mine. And I think about that all the time, whether it's an illness or whether it's a sick child or I mean, a drug addiction, something else, someone else is struggling more than I am. And faith is very important to me privately. But also, you know, I, I tell people I'm, faith is something in my life. Prayer is something that I believe in. And, and my yoga practice and my Pilates practice have also really helped me strengthen not only in terms of my physical body, but my mental body and taking that time every day to be in that quiet place, whether it's two minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, but taking the time to reflect has also helped me a lot. Hmm. I love that. I, I find that myself saying that a lot when my podcast guests share something, but everything you're saying, it just really hits home. And it's a principle that I have applied in my life. And it's a principle that I use with my clients too. You know, a lot of these little things that you've been sharing and really taking space and taking time for yourself and the process of reflection are two tools that I have recently really been implementing in my life. And you have three kids. I have two young kids. A lot of listeners are out there saying, great, that's wonderful if you have all these extra hours in the day, but how do you do that 
when you are running your own business, when you have a staff, when you have children, when you want to be present. And, and so how do you take the time for yourself? How do you weave that into your really full days? Um, I practice yoga every single, well, five days a week. So to, for me, it's a choice and a priority of time. I can be a better mom, a better boss, a better friend, a better wife. If I have time for myself, I just know my limits. And I know that if I don't get that time, it's probably not going to be a good day for me, or I will be in a headspace that's not as positive as I want it to be. I'm a very positive person in general. I'm, I'm always pretty positive. I lead forward positively, not negatively, but you know, it, it, it is hard when, I mean, for example, last night I didn't go to bed till three 30 in the morning and I'm up at mm -hmm. seven, you know, I'm going to yoga, driving kids to swim practice, and, but to just make time. I mean, people make time in the morning to pray. People make time in the morning to do all sorts of things. And if you don't do it, if I don't do it right in the morning, I'm not going to do it at all. Like I can't say, okay, at five o'clock at night, I'm going to catch a break and just spend 10 minutes meditating. That's not going to work. It has to be something that's done first thing in the morning. And I also think you have to have, you have to have a passion, a focus and, and be, I'm not a necessarily an organized person. I'm actually rather disorganized, but I definitely get that time in, in the morning for myself. And hmm. it's so far working. Not, it's not perfect. Look, what's perfect anyway, but I try my best. And I think that's all we can strive for. And don't look at other people and think, wow, they're, you know, gosh, I really, really have it together. Cause you never know what's going on in people's lives. So just try to take time for yourself, yeah. stay in your lane, focus on you. And I think everything else falls into place. And throughout that conversation, what I was hearing a lot of is, is having passion. So when you think about your brewery and when you think about your multifaceted career thus far, mm -hmm. How does it feel to have, did you have multiple passions? Were all of your career paths a passion for you that you decided to pursue? Or were some of them just things that maybe you fell into and then became a passion? You know, not all of us know exactly 100% what our passion is right off the bat. Sometimes it takes a little trial and error or several mm -hmm. experiences. And you are a woman that I have seen have, you know, related but somewhat different career paths over the last 10, 20 years. So how has that played out for you from maybe your very first job out of college to where you find yourself today? Well, I think that for me, it's, it's, I have a, I think we all have a lot of passions and I left, I left school. I left college knowing that, you know, politics for me was just, I was very passionate whether I was going to run for office or whether I was going to affect change through public policy, through lobbying or getting into the nonprofit world. I didn't exactly know, but I knew that my family has, my, my mother's side of the family has a history of Alzheimer's. I lost my grandmother, grandmother to Alzheimer's. And I knew that seniors issues, and they've always been, senior citizens issues have always been something that I've been very interested in. Not an expert, but I've been interested. And so leaving Franklin and Marshall, coming to DC, knowing I'd never go home because I knew I needed to be where laws were made and where I could definitely have an impact. I chose to get involved with an association that dealt with senior citizens issues and you know starting from the bottom of the barrel going to the grocery store with $20 in cash cuz I think I made $22,000 a year but I was I was going to be successful I mean I knew I was going to become the type of person that I would be running the association someday because I was going to work harder than everybody else there and I think 
important for me and for your listeners is you have a goal, whether it's to become the manager of, of, of Target, but you have a goal and how you get to that goal is not unlike how I got to run an association, which is, it's not very complicated. You work hard, you work smart, um, and you just do whatever it takes. You say, yes, how can I help? How can I be more helpful? You know, and that's how I develop my leadership qualities and traits, not because I, I was born leading from an association, but I was a secretary of an association. And yeah. I didn't know the first thing about being a president or being a leader or having a staff or motivating people or uh, writing policy. I, I knew nothing, really. I just had a college degree. And and that college degree allowed me to move, to get the job in the first place. But then I don't watch much TV at all, really, no TV, but I do read and I read a lot. And reading a lot about how to be successful and how to create raving fans and just I'm always reading about how to better do things. I mean, I'm, ha- I'm reading right now how to set, how to be a salesperson from, um, what is it called? I have the book right here. I carry it with me. Oh, selling for dummies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know how to sell. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. But like selling for dummies, because I'm sure that there's something, some nugget I could find in this book that I didn't know before. And that one piece of information in a 500 page book might help me better sell beer or teach my staff how to sell beer in the top room. So anyway, I mm. think I got off track there with the original question because I just got going. But no, this is incredible because one of the things I hear a lot is that people don't don't start because exactly what you said, I am not an expert in dot dot dot. And what you just shared is that you you took every opportunity that was presented to you because you had a goal. Maybe not every opportunity, but you know what I mean? You said yes. You said, how can I help? You put yourself and positioned yourself in different places and took it upon yourself to educate yourself. One of the things that I remember in my own career is feeling like I need a mentor. I need somebody who's going to show me the ropes all the time. And almost like substituting this desire to have somebody like lead the way to me uh, for me and neglecting sometimes the fact that I have it within me to learn what I need to learn to help me put one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And so many of us get stopped in our in pursuing our own passion and our own dreams because we say, well, I'm not an expert in, so nobody's going to buy from me. No one's going to believe me. Mm-hmm. No one's going to. And so what you talked about was you literally go to books. You talk to people. You put yourself so you can experience different things. Mm-hmm. So you get that next level of wisdom to make yourself the better person that you desire to be to get to the goal that you want. So I think... Your tangent was perfect. <laughs> Took us exactly where we needed to be. Right. And it's that passion. And I think, you know, and, and like you say, you look for this mentor. And honestly, my father never saw my brewery open because he died. And the man that could sell ice to an Eskimo and literally taught me everything I know about selling, he's not here to, I, I can tell you, I sometimes try to dial his number and I talk to him every day. But mm. try to dial his number like, if I could just, I just have this one question, what would you do in this? How, how do I get my foot in the door here? What would you do? Is there a different tactic you would take, dad? What should I do? And I really think that for me, it's been, it's probably been really the most difficult part of this new journey that I'm on is not having even him to just not because I'm going to call him every day and talk to him every day, but because there's sometimes you just don't have all the answers. And that's where you make mistakes and you may fall down, but you get back up, you learn from those mistakes. 
and I hear his voice every day. And my parent, mm. my mom, both my mom and my dad, my mom is, um, my mom stayed at home with us growing up and she's a very, as a very successful, she's a psychotherapist. She has private practice in private practice, but she chose, she made a choice to stay at home with my brother and I raise us and raise both of us to be just Amy went to college. Eric didn't go to college. You know, you just need to make your way and there's no right way. And, and now in being in their position, being in that position of being a mother and being a boss and giving my staff and giving my kids the room to not always ask for forgiveness later because that drives me a little bit nuts, but to give them, <laughs> empower your kids to go empower make them. Yes. They're going to fall. They're going to fall and they're going to hurt themselves and they're going to break fingers and arms. And my staff is going to fall short and they're going to say the wrong thing or they're going to talk, describe a beer in an incorrect way. And that's an, that's a, a lesson to just, okay, laugh about later, but correct yourself, mm-hmm. make the wrong decisions. And I think that for me, I've been able to empower, empower my kid, empower people in general to don't always give them the answers because for goodness sake, I don't know all the answers. My staff asks me all the time, what should I do about this? What should I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Cause there is no sometimes right answer. Yeah, exactly. And I think you answered just now the question that I had and that was popping up in my head right now is how have you found yourself empowering your children and your staff? And it sounds like one of the ways that you do that is by, by literally just asking them what, like asking them to think, asking them to be creative, asking them to figure out a solution to the situation that they're in. So what else have you found works really well for you when you start to empower your kids and, and the people around you to be the best version of themselves? Well, and I, I'm probably, I'm, a, I'm not an easy person to, I'm probably not an easy mom to live with and I'm not an easy person to necessarily work for because I demand excellence in all you're doing. So when you come in my when you come in my brewery, I want you leaving everything behind. I am sorry if things at home are not great, but you walk in there, you're in, you're, it's go time. And so excellence always and, and just empowering them to make good decisions, make good choices and giving them that flexibility with my kids. It's, and this has been tough for me, but giving them a leash to go and giving them responsibilities. And it, it hasn't worked so well with my oldest and, you know, it's trial and error, but trying less to be so on top of them all the time, they can do things without me always being there constantly. I mean, they can do their homework without me checking up on them. They can, you know, it's interesting. My daughter, my, my daughter's going into middle school and the, this fifth grade year has been horrendous for us and the transition year for her. And it started with, I'm just going to not hand in my homework. And we got F's and D's and, and C's to making the top honors her last semester. And it was part learning that she's a big girl. She has a calendar. She has an alarm clock and she has a responsibility. Her responsibility is to go to school. And my responsibility is to get her to school on time to make sure that she has clean clothes, to make sure that she has breakfast in the morning. But it's not my responsibility to do her work. It's not our responsibility to turn in her homework. And, yeah, you know, I try to treat my kids like, like many, like many adults that they are because they're going to have to make these decisions. And I'm not going to always be there with them to help them make these decisions. And they're alone a lot without me around. I, I do a lot, but I have full time help. So to, to be fair, my days are jam packed, but I have somebody at my house that lives with me that takes care of my kids and Mm -hmm. make sure that they have their lunches packed and that they get off to their activities. So it does take a village, but I'm not, you know, single handedly 
up every morning making this beautiful breakfast and making dinner every night. I have somebody that takes care of a lot of that for me. However, I do make sure that more than not, I'm spending time with them because I think as a mom and you two can relate to this, there's, there's nobody better that they can spend time with. They need yeah. their mom. Kids need their mom. I mean, they need their dads yes, they too, do. but, but my kids, I mean, they need to know we manage expectations. So I say to them, okay, these are the nights of the week that I'm not going to be home. How, what do you want for, how, what are we going to have for dinner these three nights that I'm going to make dinner for you? And sort of we man, they know, okay, mommy has this going on today. I think also with kids and with and everybody, if you manage expectations, things turn out much better rather than, oh, I'm going to call them at seven and say, mommy's not coming home for dinner tonight. No, they actually know mommy's out selling beer today and that I'm doing this wonderful podcast with an old friend and that mommy won't be home tonight. <laughs> but I think that too, as you know, managing expectations, empowering them to make their own decisions, gosh, letting them cook. I let my three kids cook. They make breakfast in the morning. I mean, they're not supposed mm. to light a flame. Sometimes they light a flame without me around. They're not supposed to. But letting them make a mess, letting them make eggs and crazy things and test things out. And as long as they clean up, eh, it's fine. I mean, sometimes they eat Skittles yeah. and, and scrambled eggs, whatever. I mean, you can't always be the perfect. Perfect is what you make it. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. From your ear, from your mouth to just the ears of so many people, really, because that is that is something and my kids are younger than yours right now. And so as a mom, I've been really, you know, in a lot of ways, being perfectly honest, struggling to figure out how to find my flow being a good mom, like being a mom that can raise good little human beings, but at the same time, nurturing them and at the same time, wanting them to be able to make their own decisions and know what it's like to not have mom around all the time mm -hmm. and to spend quality time with them. And so one of the words that I've personally been very curious about for many years and trying to figure out sort of what the definition is, or even if there is a definition for it that applies to the most people, but the word is balance. So when you hear the word balance, what comes up for you? Or do you, do you in your personal life or, or non-personal life strive for balance? And how does, that, how does that happen? Does that exist for you? I think balance means different things to different people. And for me, balance is more making my own schedule. It's flexibility. It's fitting everything into the day, parenting, work, being a wife, cooking, and getting my 10 minutes of quiet, having my glass of wine at the end of the day. You know, I, I probably am not great at, at balance, especially as a new businesswoman, um, because a lot of my I work every day, even though I want to take a day off, you're always on and you're always working. But I think it's important that, you know, whether it's reading for 10 minutes or just finding that focus for yourself. And for me mm. personally, it helps me with everything else, having everything else sort of fit, the puzzle fit together. And, you know, I'm, I don't, we don't, I don't watch TV. I guess if I had time, I would watch TV, but that's something that I'll read a book or I'll just make sure and my husband and I, on Mondays, we get the schedule ready for our nanny and sort of, okay, what night are you going to be home? What night are you not going to be home? And that to me is balance. I'm home three nights a week. Mm -hmm. I'm home three nights this week. I'm going to cook two nights this week. One night we're going to do this. But I also think that in order to be successful, and and not everybody has it, and you probably are, the, you're an entrepreneur, so you do have it in that you pretty much give all the time everything that you have. And you probably go to bed yeah. at the end of the day exhausted and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to do it again because success doesn't just, is not just handed to you. And, right. and I got very comfortable in, in my political career because, oh my gosh, there are, 
I had plenty of time to vacation, make dinner and work out. And, and now I'm in a little bit of a different phase of my life where I do still have flexibility, but I'm working way, way more than when I got comfortable and then knew becoming secretary to then running a nonprofit. It was a huge learning curve. But then when you, when you become, when you get in the position, you get comfortable. And I guess that's my problem. I guess I get comfortable and then I'm looking to my next thing, which now I'm thinking out loud to myself, wow. Okay. Well, I've, 10 months into this new brewery, <laughs> do, what, do I get comfortable? And then what, what is next? And I'm already thinking about that, by the way. Like, what's next? Because I'm sort of, I hired a taproom manager and now I'm out selling beer and managing the distribution now. And so for uh, for me, it's thinking, okay, I'm getting comfortable. Now it's next. Because you're always having to disrupt things and thinking about disrupting mm. business. And just, if somebody's not going to just, if you don't disrupt your life and your well and your business, somebody else will. So always be thinking about disruption. And disruption is, to me, is a very positive thing because the outcome of disruption usually becomes something amazing. And a next step in either your life, your career, your, your business, your personal life is just keep disrupting. Hmm. I knew, I know exactly why I needed to talk to you today because this whole idea of disrupting your own life and finding new things. And I'm much like you. I do something and then I'm, I'm looking to the next thing. And I love that you said that disruption to you is not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. And that's something that I've been, I've been making that bridge, like from negative land to positive land on this idea of doing multiple things, of reinventing myself over and over again, of challenging myself in different ways. So over your career trajectory, what has been the driving force for you to create this disruption in your life and then in some ways reinvent yourself during each new experience? I think for me, it's, it's people and passions. I say passion a lot because I, and relationships. So it's just being able to, whether it's selling the, I sold politics for a long time. I sold I sold ideas. That was my job. My job was to affect public policy changes and to try to make, in my opinion, to try to make things better for a, a big population, you know, our greatest generation. And, and that has just delved into what I do now, which is sell beer, which is a lot less controversial because everybody likes beer and <laughs> only, you know, 50%, 50% want like either conservative or liberal ideas. So it's, it's a lot easier to sell in some ways to sell beer, but just, you know, for me, it's, and now I'm like totally blanking on what you just, what you were asking me in general, but what were you asking? What was the, Oh was no, the, just when you disrupt, when you disrupt oh, your life. So yeah. Yeah. And oh, and how just, just constantly disrupting. And well, and I also think for, you know, being at the right place at the right time and everything I know it's, silly, but everything does happen for a reason. I mean, there's a reason why I, my father suffered greatly from cancer and we spent a lot of time closing loose ends and talking. And there's a reason why those things in my life changed. I mean, it made, it was life changing for me being able to think about leaving legacies versus being comfortable in running an association that was, I was again, passionate about. And then getting into, getting into the Carly Fiorina campaign, which you know, being at the right place at the right time, Carly and I met when we served, we both were serving on a board of, it's called an association called the American Conservative Union. And we were on the board of directors together. So we got to know each other personally. And this was way before she had even thought or talked of running for office. And when she Mm -hmm. decided to do that, it was, boy, 
the chance of a lifetime to be able to be part of something and to work for somebody who I believed in and I still believe in as a woman who is as a conservative woman and trying to talk about issues in ways that unite us, not divide us. She is Mm. probably the smartest woman I've ever met and, and being just being so pragmatic about things and talking about issues that again, make us that, that we all can agree upon. And in the world that we live in today, it's very divided and divided because of various things, because of people, because of the media. But, but she was such a breath of fresh air. So she was, she came into my life at a time where I guess I I was disrupting things. I was always thinking of, you know, new opportunities and for me in my relationship with her, that was something that it wasn't a, an interview, a job interview, or she was looking for campaign people. She, she and I were colleagues and had a, had respect for each other. And so that was another journey that then, you know, sort of led into where, and, and the brewery was going on sort of at the same time. So that was a little bit of a crazy time in my life, but <laughs> I can, imagine. you know, I think, I think it's really important that to keep your eyes open for opportunities and be open to change. It's hard. It's really hard to make changes. It's, scary. it's really scary. Putting all your money into a, a business when you have three kids is really scary. I mean, I'm not, I didn't come from money. I don't, I mean, I just, I, nothing ever was given to me. I left town with $20 in gas money from a friend when I moved here in 2000. I didn't ever ask my parents for any money for anything. And hopefully I'm raising children to be similar in the way they think about money and build it, building a future. And yes, I mean, it's, I've been very successful and I've been blessed beyond my wildest imagination. And I've been able to reinvest money that my husband is in the real estate business and in the technology business. So we've been able to, he's an entrepreneur and we've been able to invest you know, money that we have saved and take this other risk with the brewery, but, and taking leaps of faith as if, as if you'll be provided for, that's how mm. our family lives our life. I mean, you take leaps of faith. It's great to be able to go on all these wonderful vacations and spend all the money in the world, but then maybe you should do something else with your money. And that's what we decided to do with our new venture. And it's, it's been the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also been the most rewarding I've done so far, aside from having my children. This business is my fourth child and it's been mm-hmm. very, very rewarding in terms of, and, and also humbling because becoming very comfortable in your lifestyle and, you know, clubs and being able to go here and there and everywhere and, you know, come to a point where the Ritz Carlton is like our second home and, and really taking a step back and thinking, again, I'm going to come back to legacy. What legacy are we leaving our children? What type of kids are we raising? How are we teaching our kids to be good humans and giving back? And I feel like right now at 39, I've, I'm, I'm finding that I'm sort of hitting my stride and, and maybe what I was supposed to do all along. But again, we'll see if this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. But I, I have a feeling that it is. I'm in the right place right now. It's definitely what you're supposed to be doing right now. Right. Right. right exactly. Yes. Right now, <laughs> for sure. Which is, you know, which is everything. I mean, the right now is everything. So a question came to my mind about, so if you're looking back on the last, you know, let's just say, we'll say 19 years. We won't make you, <laughs> we won't make you 40 yet. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Almost. Ah, I'm incredible. embracing it. I'm embracing it. <laughs> yes. I actually, I'm planning my party. I'm like, what? A, I know where I'm going. 
girls' trips. Yee, that's so As an aside, like it's a, it's a party, right? Every day is a party, but forty. It is, is an amazing celebration. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I've got my own my girlfriends, and I want to do a fortieth too in a couple of years. So we're excited about that. A big <laughs> a big trip or something. So that's yeah, really fun. But as you look back, you know, this, you, I mean, you said it yourself, you were this fresh college graduate, you know, 20 bucks in your pocket, some gas money, you drive yourself to DC. Now it's, let's say 17 years later, and you look back on this just incredible trajectory um, with all its highs, all its lows and everything in between. And when you look at this life, say you're looking at it from a neutral perspective, like this isn't your life exactly. What do you think of what you've created? I'm, I'm in awe of what, what my life has become, really. And sometimes I wonder how it is my life. But I, if I'm looking on the outside in, I think, wow, it's, it's an incredibly accomplished woman who is trying to be a role model to other people and often bites off more than she can chew and has trouble saying no. As an aside, I'm the president of the swim team, not because I signed up for it, but because the president decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. So I, I get myself into these <laughs> things. So I have 155, 18 and under swimmers that are under my watch for the next couple weeks more. But in any case, I digress. I, I hope that, you know, I'm looking in at someone who is a positive force and influence, is a fantastic mom who always has time whether or not she has time, she has time. And I want to make it look like it's easier than it is because it's not easy. But I always try to have a smile and be positive mm. and, and really and be a good listener. I think listening is very, very important, whether it's in my mom life or in my professional life. Uh, my favorite thing to do is really bartend, be behind the bar bartending and, and listening to conversations and just being able to learn things from my, my patrons, my citizens that sit at the bar. I mean, I can't tell you, I learn things every single day from people and it's amazing. And it's nothing, nothing that's going to be in a book or anything that anybody's going to see online as a quote, but really people in general are, are just incredible. And they I think are. that sometimes that they don't have a mic, they don't have a microphone, they don't have somebody to listen to them, and they don't have somebody to, to to encourage them. But yeah, I mean, I think my favorite part of my day is being behind the bar and just with with people and and listening and learning and and being able to, for me, being able to admit that, gosh, I don't know everything. And that's hard sometimes. <laughs> um, and and be, and be open to new ways of doing things and um, be open, just open in general to other ideas and other people. Hmm. And when you're looking at yourself over these few years, what do you think are the consistent themes that pop up into your mind um, in terms of how you kept going, how you took an idea and not just took it from an idea, but actually created something from it? So what were the things that, that you see that are really consistent themes throughout all of these different career paths that you've taken? I'm, I'm uh, fiercely independent. I mm. don't take no for an answer. I feel like I could do anything. But I also have, you know, you have to have the right support system too. And I married somebody who I said right off the bat, I mean, I was, my mom stayed at home 
and that was wonderful. But I knew that that wasn't going to be who I would, that, that I knew early on that I was, I, I love kids and I wanted to have children of my own, but I wanted to be a force in whatever I was doing. And I met somebody mm. who respected that and who, you know, I didn't, we didn't have kids for six years because I was focused on my career and my husband was in, he's retired, but he was in politics. He was a rep- state representative and in Virginia, they call them delegates. So we had, we had careers and we had things that, you know, that were going on. And I wasn't expected to stay at home, be home, make dinner every night, do laundry. I mean, that just, it wasn't who I was. And so I think, you, you know, meeting somebody who compliments you, everything that I do, I'm not doing on my own. I'm doing because I have Jeff helping me get to my goal. And my business, this brewery, there's no way. And my partner, who's a brewer and her husband, they acknowledge every day. I mean, if it wasn't for Jeff, the building would never have gotten built and the financing would have never gotten in place. So I think I'm the face of the brewery. I mean, you can see on social media I and mean, it's very, I'm, mm-hmm. very provo- I'm very provocative and um, I have a lot of fun, but there's somebody that is not having as much fun. They're probably working double the amount that I'm working so that I can go out and have all this fun and sell the beer. But there's so, you know, you have a partner to, to compliment you and that's helped me get to where I am today. And I can't not mention that because I'm not alone. I have help and it's, it's important to find somebody who will let you be who you need to be and also to help you get to, to what your goals are. And Jeff's enough yeah. that will do that for me. And I still, I still don't do laundry. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I love that. 15 love years that. later, I don't fold laundry <laughs> or do his laundry. So it's, mm. it's worked so far. <laughs> <laughs> High five to you. I, know. <laughs> I love that. To me, I mean, what I'm really hearing, you have a very strong sense of self. And I think I, I remember that from when we were in college. And in addition to that, I love that you stated that you're fiercely independent. And what I heard was you have a very strong sense of self, like you know what you want to do in your life, but you also know how to lean on support and ask for it. And I think a lot of times people don't know how to bring the two together because they think, you know, if they're, if they're a woman in particular who can, quote, do it all, that they have to do it all. And that delegating or finding support is almost like cheating is the word that comes up, even though I don't mean it in a pejorative way. Um, but that somehow we don't deserve to be able to be sitting here in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday recording a podcast episode while somebody else is watching our kids. Correct. So how do you maintain that? Um, maybe balance is the word that comes up again, but basically how do you weave together this fierce sense of self and independence with the ability to ask for support and be okay with having that kind of support? I think you just need to own wherever you are. I mean, some women look at me and they would think, gosh, that woman is that she's, that's not for me. And those poor kids, but I don't let, that's a lot of background noise. So just being comfortable in your own skin. And I mean, after we get off this podcast, I may have a glass of wine and it's four (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon and I can do that. And I can do that because I don't, I don't, I have very thick skin. I try not to take things personally. And I learned that from campaigning with my husband and just being in politics in general, that there are going to be people that hate you and there are going to be people that are nasty. And the you can't change that and you can't change them or their opinions. 
but you can be comfortable and confident in your own skin. And that doesn't mean that I don't cry and that I don't have times when I am just, I'm sad and things get to me. But in general, I am, I know who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am and that I'm a mom that works and that sometimes I don't see my kids and sometimes I travel and good Lord, talk about campaigns. I didn't see my kids for months at a time. And again, it's not for everyone. And I think also, you know, for me being comfortable, but also think about somebody else. And I'm not judging the stay at home mom who her job is to raise her kids, which hello, that's an amazing job in of itself. And be the, the CEO of any given household, that's fantastic. If that's what you've chosen to do, fantastic. And as a woman, I think more so women than men. I get, a, I have a lot of male friends. I surprise, surprise, probably get along with them better than women because women tend to <laughs> not lift each other up. But why do we think that it's okay as women to not lift each other up and be each other's biggest rock and support? Because we mm. all have different, we're all walking in different journey, um, different paths, taking different paths, walking different journeys. There is no right or wrong, but it's what we've chosen for ourselves. And I think that as, as a woman, and I hope that I do this and I try very hard to do this, but the judgment and things that I have experienced and seen, there's no room for that in my mind or in mm. anybody that I am associated with or that my good friends are. And I don't have a lot of good, I think that's another thing. I have a very, very few good friends, like really good friends that you become vulnerable around and they know your secrets. And to everybody else, I'm, I'm, Amy and I'm happy and lucky and, and, and just, I'm positive, but letting my choose who I let in and who I'm vulnerable with, because I don't want to get in that position where I want somebody to tear me down. It's just not, you know, it's not worth it. And I think, and I also shed, I shed people (laughs) in my life, which has, is hard for, for women to do, right? Cause you want, I want everybody, I want everyone to to like me. I want everyone to like me. Why would you not like me? Why would this, why would these people not like me? I mean, how can they not like me? And I've learned, you know what? The negative, it's not worth it. And you, you got to cut and go. And I think, I don't know about you, but that's hard for some people to do. Cut people out hard. and say, you know what? You're more, you're, you're taking more than you're giving me. It's not a balanced relationship. Mm-hmm. And when I'm with you, I feel really bad and I don't have enough time in the day to feel that way. So I think it's better that we're not going to be friends and setting boundaries. Another thing that's really important in my life is boundaries. Being okay to say, I have one day where I, I love to be around people and around friends and we live on a beautiful lake and we have a boat and I love to host people and cook and have people have laughter around me. But this Mother's Day, I, all my mom friends were going to a country club and they had brunch together and all the dads were organizing it. And I told my husband, I want you to take the kids to church. I want to get a massage. I want to be by myself. I want to drink a bottle of voob and I don't want to see anybody. And I think, you know, you have to be comfortable enough with yourself to miss out on this great activity of all your friends and fellowship and fun to sometimes be selfish and need that time and not, yeah. not regret the, not regret the decision when you see all these pictures about, oh, they had so much fun and they planned this trip and I wasn't involved. No, it's okay because sometimes you need that time just to be with yourself or your family alone mm-hmm. time. Being alone with yourself is not a bad thing. It's not selfish. It's you, you need to nurture that relationship just as much as you need to nurture a relationship with your children or your spouse. I mean, that's one thing that I'm finding. Correct. It's like 
really nurturing the relationship with myself so I can get to know myself and the woman that I've become after 37 years of my own experiences in life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, my dear Amy, you have taught me oh, so much, like so much today. Listening to you speak and just soaking in your energy is so fantastic. And I just want to thank you so much. And I want to ask you one more question if, if you're okay. up for that. Sure. I would love to know, because really my biggest thing in life is helping people take, literally bring their passions to life. Like, like go from this concept of being a dreamer to being an actual creator, because dreams are fantastic. And, mm-hmm. and I think I'm a dreamer. I love having all of these ideas and thinking, oh, what could I do next? What could I do next? And then some of these dreams or these ideas actually come down to earth and become a thing. And there's a whole process involved with that. And as somebody who has had multiple ideas and multiple dreams and made multiple dreams happen, what do you advise people who are are in the process of contemplating creating an idea or making a big transition like you have, you know, going from your political career to owning a brewery or, you know, any other of the transitions that you've made in your life, which can be really scary, which you acknowledged Mm -hmm. before. So what, what words of wisdom would you like to share with us? We have one life to live. I carry a book. I carry a notebook. I journal. I write everything in a book. I go through multiple books. And the current cover on my book is, this is your world, shape it or someone else will. And Mm. it really rings true to me today and tomorrow and yesterday that you have one life. And when you think about life, it's very, very short. And it's hard to step out of your comfort zone. So step out of your comfort zone, take risks, Oh, how wonderful. Oh my gosh, Amy, thank you so much. This has been really an honor and a privilege. And after so many years to, to really, I don't know, I just love having conversations. Just like you said, like, I see myself right now, like sitting, standing behind a bar, like talking to people, you know, and just really getting to know people's story and, and hearing and seeing a side of them that they're willing to share. And that just makes me, it fills my heart so much. So thank you so much for giving us this time and all of this incredible wisdom. and. I'm just so grateful to you. So <laughs> I will be talking to you soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for being part of Gabriella's dream. You can learn more about Gabriella at thenewfirm.co. A special thank you to Hope Welty Library. Sally Mercedes in the A Year Ago Today podcast, Joshua Weeders, and each one of the guests.